it was like most people, I never really thought about, I want to be a real estate agent. I was in the car business. I had just finished college. I, I studied finance. I got a, finance, a degree in finance business administration. I didn't know it was to be in the car business. It was like a blind ad. Salespeople wanted a college degree required, which they I guess they tricked us into going. A friend and me, we both started um, the same time. Long story short, we were there 11 years and I got burnt out because I was in management for many of those years. And I was working 70, 80 hours a week. I was missing all the events, family events, friends events. I was getting four to six days off a month and just burning out. It, it got so bad. One day I went to my boss and I told him, you know what, I quit. And he's like, take a month off. And so I took a month off. I came back. It sucked still. The car business is good, but it's it's difficult. And so when I when I quit, I had nothing to do. So I didn't really know what to do. And because car, the car business is selling someone their second biggest ticket item, I thought homes would probably be the next match to work. And that's why I started doing it. You know, my mom had a real estate license. She never really sold real estate, but my parents bought investment property. So I thought, okay, she has a real estate license. And this is funny, but like sometimes she would go, I'm Indian and they would go one year, my parents went to India and she had her continuing education exam. So I took it like I wasn't even in real estate and she, you know, I, I'm glad if she was able to get the continuing education uh, it was passed I passed because of that I, I, I joined and did real estate so I started in 2004 cool time because it was right before the boom during the boom and then right before the crash I, I was lucky because the first day I started and I was very analytical before that before I got into car business and just micromanage everything and just so totally detailed with everything but when I first started in the car business my first day first few days I, I found out I, I looked I searched for the number one salesperson there. He was making 100,000 plus and he, he worked less hours than everyone. And when he wasn't there and customers came in, they would leave and come back. So I thought like, how is he doing this? So I, his name is Stan Jones and he still actually sells cars if I'm not mistaken. And the reason he did it is he created relationships from then on. So in 2000, 1993, when I started, cause I was in the car business, you know, 11 years, I started doing that. I created relationships. I was a stupid agent, to be honest with you. I got into real estate. I, I was a know-it-all. I thought I knew everything because I, I had some success in the car business. And the big difference between the car business and real estate sales is in the car business, you have customers coming to you. You get a lot of repeat and referral business, which I did. I was lucky. I was able to sell some families 20 cars while I was there. In car sales, you have to be good at closing people. You have to put things in a logical way where they make a decision that you want them to make and they want to make. In real estate, you don't really need that skill that much until you have a customer because there's so many ways to back out of a deal. And at the end of the day, I'm not trying to get anyone to do anything that they don't want to do. You could have the most knowledge, know everything about the market, but unless someone comes to you, you're not going to you know, have any business. So the first day I started, I thought I knew everything and I failed miserably. But because the market was good, I was still doing okay. At that time was really tough for most people in life because I mean, recession caused depression for many. And <laughs> like I've told you in the past, I've had seven friends commit suicide. And when you're, when you have friends that are, are taking their lives and stuff, and it wasn't in that just short time, it was over many years, but 
when that's happening and you're depressed, you don't feel like working. I think in 2008, if I'm not mistaken, I think I made $13,000. It was a real tough time. I could have been at McDonald's. I mean, I played tennis and most people, I think almost no one knows this. I played tennis and I was on a team and I couldn't afford the $5 to go play in the match. And I didn't have enough gas to drive to the match. So it was pretty tough at that time. First of all, like in life, at least I think, when you get down to a certain point, you have the option to want to listen and learn or to just give up. I was able to start listening and learning from people. And all of a sudden being a know-it-all, I realized that just even subconsciously that whatever I was doing wasn't working. And then I started listening. I started trying to do other things. I started trying to get out of my comfort zone and I would do expired calls. I would do a lot of things that I got pretty good at. And I started, my business started increasing to a point where where I, I did that for a while. And then that took me, at least got me over the hump to start doing business again. So I got some from expireds. I got some from just people, you know, when you sell other people, you get referrals, repeat customers, your sphere and stuff. So it was a combination of those. And just mm -hmm. sometimes you're lucky. During that time, I worked at my first 11 years in the business, I worked for Coldwell Banker. So I didn't know much. And then I started getting better at it at real estate. And then I thought, you know what, I'm a good agent. You know, I should sell higher price points and stuff. So I went to, I went to um, Sotheby's then. So then mm -hmm. I, I started learning about high-end properties, just getting better at marketing. And then I joined Curator. When I joined Curator in 2016, even though I was doing okay before, before I joined Curator, basically they taught me how to market better. And they taught me how to make it from a consumer point of view and look at yourself like Nike or Gatorade and have a long-term brand where you're coming from contribution rather than annoying people to list their home with you. That was the biggest change. And then after that, from being in Curator, I, I realized that one of the things that's so important in life is to have like your own tribe where you have people that are like-minded, you have cheerleaders and all that. And so for me, that group of people created this excitement, you know, where before, I mean, on a Sunday night, knowing you have to wake up on Monday morning to call someone that doesn't want to talk to you for an expired or for sale by owner, it's not something that you get enthusiastic about. But mm -hmm. all of a sudden, when I had this tribe of people, you get excited about business. I mean, it came to a point where I didn't want to wake up for the next day to call an expired to at night, I would wake up because I was excited what I wanted to do with my job. So that was that was the main change. You know, it, it's funny because like when I say the 11 years, it doesn't have to be 11 years because Jade and Will on our team are in luxury, especially Jade. She, she gets a lot of luxury listings. And I think to get into the luxury market for me and most people, people have to see that you market really well because prior to becoming a luxury agent. I probably had 80% buyers. I would sell on average like 250 to 350 homes. Sometimes I'd sell an expensive one, but it was, it was the exception to the rule. But once I started doing marketing better, all of a sudden I became a listing agent where it probably, I probably get 80 to 90% of my deals from listings or off market deals and stuff like that. And the price point just went up probably 4X. I, I meet all the time people that are just 
like that are complimenting me on what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm, you know, lucky to get those words. But at the end of the day, they're doing a tremendously better job than I am. They're selling 10x the homes I'm selling, you know, 5x. And they're, they're, in my mind, a better agent than I am. I'm just fortunate that I live in a place where homes are sort of expensive in some areas. Common misconception from people in real estate is that a luxury agent, like the typical luxury agent, does something exceptionally different than what others do. I'm mm-hmm. glad that we do on our team, we do. But when I went to Sotheby's, one of the reasons I went there was hoping I got this like the secret sauce of how to how these luxury agents do business. And there wasn't. It was exactly the same thing. And so from that, that's why I joined Curator. I'm like, I need to do business differently. So the way it worked is this. When I first started creating content, I thought, let me think like I'm a buyer or a seller or just a consumer. And one of the things about real estate is every day we come across pain points from people, whether it's a buyer and they're struggling getting the the pre-approval or they have a, a, an issue as a seller with an inspection or appraisal. During my daily time with these buyers or sellers, when these pain points came across in my mind, I would just jot it down in my mind or on a note or on my phone and I would save it and I would create this library of things that people were having pain points with. And then I started creating content to solve those issues. I had the, this young couple they were pretty successful. They had never bought a home before. They were looking about 600, 650,000. I was showing them properties and we put in offers. They didn't get accepted. And then eventually it came to the day where I was going to call them and tell them that their offer got accepted. And I knew the second I call them, they were going to be excited and they'd be like, awesome. And then they're going to think of something else too. They're going to be like, oh shit, now what? So I did, I did some content on my offer just got accepted. Now what? The problem with most real estate agents is they ask other real estate agents what to do. And real estate agents have huge egos and they think they know everything and they want to make it all about themselves. They, If they sold a home, they want to tell the world they sold that home. More than just they want them to sell the home, to tell the world they sold the home. They want their buyers who may or may not want to do this, get in front of their house with the sign saying that they bought their home from this person. Sometimes things are private. They don't want to share it. You know, maybe they don't want their friends to know, but they're putting them in an awkward position. So at the end of the day, don't ask other real estate agents what you should promote or what you what content you should do unless you see their content and ask another person who's not a realtor and say, hey, do you like this content? And if they say yes, ask that person. We all have friends and relatives that will look at our content because they're just nice. But the, the odds are they don't care if we sold eight homes or 10 homes or whatever the number is. They want to see more of regular content. So what we film is we we make sure that as many times as we have on a long sleeve shirt, we also have a T-shirt. Every time we have dress pants, we have jeans. Every time we have dress shoes, we're going to have sneakers. So we want them to get a better perspective of how our life is because they'll probably be more interested in it. I've only done video like maybe two and a half years and all of a sudden I'm this expert on it. So what that tells me and what it should tell you is that there's very little competition. Like I get calls all the time, probably every week 
people asking me how to do video. And one of the first things they say is they feel scared to be in front of the camera because they don't like the way they look or how they sound or, you know, numerous other things. I, I did as well. So when I started video, I was in the video for like 15 seconds and I would have the rest of the video of the other of the other content of the business or whatever it was. It did well, it did pretty good because we made sure it was consumer focused and it wasn't, you know, just us telling the world how great we think we are. After that, we started making it about us, the team, Jade, Will, and myself. By doing that, it was so crazy how exponentially better our views got the connections we got, our business got from that, just being part of it. Because once you start doing video, if you're not in it, because no one else is really doing video that's consumer focused, you're gonna get a good result usually. No matter if you look good or bad or whatever, but once you're in it, it's like, oh my God, people don't care that you're, that you look good or bad or how you sound. No one has ever told me out of all the videos we've ever done, no one has ever told me like, hey, you said you know too much or um too much or you know, if you would have, if your hair looked a little bit better that day or what you're wearing that day, I'll be the one who says it to myself, but no one has ever said that. We're in a crazy time. So document your journey throughout this time, whether it's on video, audio, written word, so for those people that were alive um, during 9-11, if you look back and you had a series of content that you created during that time, it would probably be interesting to you and many others. So definitely take advantage of this time to do that. We now have all the time to do things that we didn't have the time to do. So we're never gonna get that again. For those of you that wanna see the team and I doing our daily lives, it's allinmiami.tv. So allinmiami.tv, hope you see it.